Good morning. This is the Daily Wrestling News for December 30th, 2020. I am Brian Joy, and I am coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined today once again by the Essential Wrestling Podcast's senior Impact Wrestling correspondent and the living legend, John DeCani. Good morning, John. How are you today? Good morning, Ryan. Pleasure to be uh, along with you here today. Doing good. Doing good so far. Isn't it funny how we start all podcasts by saying, how are you? How are you doing? Acting like we haven't been talking for 30 minutes already. Exactly. <laughs> well, we have a great show today. Um, a lot of things on the on the docket. We're going to start, of course, with the ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day. But then we're going to do something a little bit different. A lot of a lot of shows have been talking about you know wrestler of the year. Even on the Essential Wrestling Podcast, we did an hour last night on our awards for the year. But we haven't really spoke, spent a lot of time talking about managers and what their place in 2020 really was. So John and I are going to break down sort of the best of the best, those that are just there, maybe some of the worst. Uh, we'll talk about managers in 2020. There was no Bobby Heenan. I think we can all agree on that. Um, there was no Jim Cornette for that matter. But there were some good ones. There's some, there's some things to talk about. Um, and then we have the commentary teams of 2020 as well we're going to touch on. Of course, we have tonight's lineup, we've got news, we've got trivia, and we are going to do our darndest to get out of here in about 30 minutes. John, I've said a lot. Are you ready to roll? Here to go. Here we go. Today's ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And I'm told that guys should like it too. So there you have it. All right, uh, John, today's ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day is, what was the last book you read? Hey, uh, I haven't finished the one that would sound a little bit better because it's it's real prose. It's a real story. Uh, Dan Brown's Origins. Uh, the last one I actually got through kind of looked more like a pamphlet. Uh, it's called uh, Permanently Suspended uh, about uh, one of my favorite uh, old radio hosts all right very good um me I, you know it's been a long time since i actually read a book um kind of in that scenario where i got busy for this year but my wife makes a list and she like she wants to read like 12 books a year 13 books or whatever she keeps upping it every year and she keeps hitting the goal so good for her um i actually read this book last and it was probably about a year ago uh, it's the totally unauthorized 100 things WWE fans should do not know and do before they die. It's written by Brian Alvarez, who people probably know from F4W Online. Um, it's a good read. It tells you who pretty much what it says, the things you should know and do before you die. So as a WWE fan. So I think that up. All right, John, here we go into the world of managers. Let's kick things off here. So, uh, John and I took a couple of different approaches, but um, John, let's start talking about the best of the best. 
who do you think is like the best out there uh, manager from 2020? All right. So in my criteria, I went with uh, thinking of the old school managers. Uh, I started with a baseline of uh, the 87 Survivor Series 10 on 10 tag. <laughs> you had one side, you know, uh, back in the day, every heel had to have a manager. Of course. In this one match, you had at ringside Bobby Heenan, Mr. Fuji, Jimmy Hart, Johnny Valiant, and the Doctor of Style. Uh, so going with that kind of uh, outline of the guy who not only can cut a promo, but will occasionally even get physically involved, even if it's just picking an ankle when somebody hits the ropes. Uh, I think really the the top guy in the business right now has got to be Tully Blanchard. because He can cut a promo, as we've seen recently. Uh, he's not at all afraid of getting physically involved, as we, as we have also seen. And he just fits that classic mold to me. Yeah, yeah. Tully Blanchard, he is on my list of, of in the top five. Um, once you get past the top couple, the the rest are kind of on the same level. So, um, yeah, Tully Blanchard, you know, one of the things that – I remember a promo he did earlier this year where – he spent the majority of the promo talking how good about how good the opponents were, which just made it all that much better when FTR beat them. And that's kind of one of his uh, lessons of lessons of promo skills that he he gave to FTR. But yeah, great great choice as number one. The person I have on top of my list, and you can interchange with you know number one, number two. I put Selena Vega, and of course she's not active right this moment, but man, what she could do for Andrade and Angel Garza, I thought, you know, she she could talk. She could talk probably better than anybody in WWE, for that matter, especially on the heel side. Uh, she was she was fantastic. And, uh, you know, I miss her on that program. But she was all over it, all over the show when the pandemic era started. Yeah, I had her just outside of my top five or seven just because of the fact. She would have been, you know, one or two if not for the fact that she's currently unemployed but yeah she she was really for a good portion of the year she was just about the only classic manager wwe had and she was fantastic at it yep yep all right who else who else made your uh made your list i mean it two because he cuts a promo like no one else in the business and only fell to number two because he really doesn't get physically involved in fact shies away quite a bit uh, would have to be uh, Paulie, Paul Heyman. Uh, yeah, Paul Heyman is number five on my list. Now, in a standard year, Paul Heyman, I think, would have been uh, among the top because there were so few. But with I think with the rise of AEW, there's so many more managers out there. So, yeah, Paul Heyman, interestingly, since, since Roman came back, he does have a role, but it's not the same role he had with Brock Lesnar. He, he's not the, the speaking. He doesn't speak for Roman. So, yeah, he's up there. Okay, so he was my number five. I'll give you another person off my list. Um, and this is one of these people that is both a manager and an active wrestler, but their contributions are much higher on the manager side of things. And that's MVP. And what I like about MVP is that, he, yes, he's an active wrestler, but he put this group together and basically revitalized everybody's career. Bobby Lashley... 
you know, he's protected this year. He, he's, he's had a good career, but he's never really leveled up. And I think he's a level or two up from where he was before, uh, before MVP. He's not fighting Rusev with Lana in his corner anymore. Um, and then Shelton Benjamin, where has he been? He's been under contract with WWE for years at this point, and he's just been off television. And then Cedric Alexander, uh, I, I liked the team with Ricochet, but they were going nowhere under, you know, in, they weren't getting a push, but now this group together, they look good, they talk, they speak well, and they and they have, you know, they're winning. They're champions, all of them, except for MVP. Yeah, absolutely. I had MVP at three on my list because, yeah, uh, Hurt Business is probably the best thing going on uh, WWE programming right now, and where would they be without MVP? You know, he is, you know, yes, he will get involved. He'll... Uh, He'll don the singlet every once in a while, but he is mostly their mouthpiece, and he is fantastic at it. And it just—I mean—that that group harkens back to uh, to the Horsemen. You know, you see them whether they're coming out in their ring gear or they're coming out in suits. Uh, they're to be reckoned with every time they're on the screen, and they're entertaining every time they're on the screen. And quite frankly, you know, I know I don't like to skew too negative, but that's not something you could ever say about Bobby Lashley. You know, pr prior. Yeah, yep. he's a physical specimen and can go in the ring, but you didn't want him anywhere near a microphone, and now he doesn't have to be. Yeah, he's well. He has uh, somebody to play off too, and I think that you know we've we've seen that as you know, look, we take somebody like Otis on SmackDown when he had Mandy Rose and he had Tucker there. He had somebody to play off, not different roles, right? They're not managers, but then he took those elements away and. What does Otis do? And so immediately they put up with Chad Gable, and now he's got somebody to play off, and that character has been revitalized. And what, so what you have with Lashley here is you've got a group of guys that he's together with now. He doesn't have to like you know start, middle, end a promo. MVP sets him up. He says his two or three like I'm going to beat you up and, and take your money uh, lines, and then hands it back to MVP. And MVP says, "See, told you," or something like that. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think MVP is uh, among the top. Who else do you have on your list? I don't want to steal all okay, of them. Okay, so Blanchard, Heyman, MVP. All right, next, and this might be a little bit of a homer pick, but uh, uh, and a lot of them are over there in AEW because they, you know, they do tend to have that older school flavor. But uh, Taz. Yeah, yeah, you know, not somebody who I had on my list actually, but only because I, for some reason, he slipped my mind, but. Yeah, yeah. What do you what do you got on Taz? Uh, just the fact that you know, I mean, he's he obviously you know he, sp he speaks well on the mic. Uh, he'll, he'll, you know, obviously he sits in with commentary occasionally, so he's even more present than when his guys are necessarily out there. And uh, as we saw very recently, back to uh, you know he had pretty much not gotten physically involved until very recently, but you know he he's reminding us that oh yeah, he used to be. You know, all five foot nine of him used to be one bad, bad dude. Yeah, I, I, you know, he slipped my mind, but man, I, I agree. He's, he's up there. I really, really like that staple on AEW. Um, staying with AEW, the last person on my top five list because I had uh, Tully Blanchard and Paul Heyman and MVP and Vega. The last person on my list was Jake Roberts, and I think he kind of came out of nowhere and. Lance Archer, you know, he, he can he can speak 
well enough, but I don't think that was the character that they were trying to get across. So they gave him, you know, a manager in Jake Roberts who came from obscurity and, and he's, he is somebody very, very hateable on that show. So it's per, kind of perfect. Yeah, the Jake was uh, Jake is one of my all time favorites. So he definitely had to make the list. I had him just outside of the top five, uh, simply for the fact that uh, I, I think because of his uh, his his health reasons, he hasn't been as consistently on TV, and Archer hasn't been consistently on TV either. But uh, yeah, I think you know more Jake has always been uh, to coin a phrase from the book I just told you I finished reading more Jake has been more gooder uh, <laughs> so when he actually does manage to make it on TV he's always entertaining because I mean he is the quintessential guy that uh, you know my my thoughts on the golden era of wrestling was I was never a Hulkamaniac I didn't like the screaming and yelling promos the fact that Jake could come out and just growl for five minutes and send give you goosebumps to send a shiver up your spine. He is just, you know, there, there are so very few that can cut a promo like Dick Roberts. So I've done all my top five. Anybody left on your top five list that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, say honorable mention to Zelina Vega. Uh, I Honorable mention I also had in NXT to uh, – I, I don't know if he really counts as a manager, a mouthpiece, because he's just as often been involved, but I had uh, Pat McAfee. Okay. You know, yeah. He put that group together, and, you know, and he 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 did something that uh, it really entertained me for how simplistic it was. Like, the idea of a heel manager, especially when they're on their mic, on the mic, is to basically tell everyone how we're the best and you suck, mm -hmm. but be a little more articulate. McAfee went the other way and just literally says, you're the best and you suck. And somehow it works. Yeah. He's, uh, he's been very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Pat McAfee. Yeah. It, it didn't register to me as a manager, but I can see what you mean. Like without him, where are, where are Larkin and Birch, right? They're, no, I can tell you where they are. They're laying on their backs, looking at the lights. <laughs> he's the MVP. He is to uh, that group, the Kings, whatever you want to call them, what MVP is to the herd business. Right, right. So, you know, another person that we didn't mention, and maybe it's because it's a little bit uh, come out of nowhere in just this this month, is Don Callis. Yeah. Now, you know, call him the invisible hand, call him whatever you will. That combination with Kenny Omega was very interesting. Omega can speak. He it kind of annoys people, actually, when he speaks. <laughs> but... But um, Don Callis is, is very, very articulate. Um, we'll see how long this relationship with Omega goes, and you know maybe he'll be somebody we're talking about next year. Absolutely. Now, are there people that you've thought of that are kind of like, not only were these guys not in the top five or in the honorable mentions, but these were people that, what are they doing? You know, <laughs> don't really know, know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got a couple of those for sure. Um, uh, w one uh, has kind of resurfaced recently, and we don't know. He, he may wind up being an excellent tool somewhere down the line, but he certainly didn't really do much for Indus Sheer. Uh, that would be Malcolm Bivens and his new association with Tyler Rust. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have him on my list at all, but I did have an, another NXT guy, and that's Robert Stone. 
And yes. I think the reason I have to pick Stone is uh, he, this guy just can't get out of the gate with anybody. You know, he <laughs> tried to he tried to acquire uh, Rhea Ripley for the brand, and, and that didn't work. But I thought they had a nice thing going with Chelsea Green, but then Chelsea moved up. Um, the thing with Aaliyah is interesting, but he's just not doing much. <laughs> I had him right next to Bivens there on my list too. So yeah, I can't get out of his own way. Certainly can't seem to help any of his clients. Right. All right. Well, let's see that on that list. All right. Uh, now, right behind Bivens and Stone, I had uh, Caleb and Kay. Yeah, I have him too. Yeah. Is uh, from his uh, salmon-colored short suits to his uh, take time out of matches to post Instagram pictures for Tennille. Just not a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah, and I, Tennille, I think, is fine on her own. I guess it gives her somebody to play off of, but I, I'm not, I'm not sold on on uh, Caleb with a K. I also put down Vicky Guerrero, and it's not because Vicky does anything wrong. It's just I don't think Nyla Rose needs her, and I don't know that it's adding to the presentation. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, yeah, Vicky. I definitely, I had Vicky on the list. You know. But, uh, yeah, she hasn't done much for Nyla because, as you said, Nyla doesn't really need her. She needs to be with someone who isn't going to do just about any of the talking for themselves. So Vicky can come out and be over the top, obnoxious. And, you know, so I mean, by the time she's done talking, whoever by her side is a heel just because you want them both off of the damn TV screen. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, anybody else on this list of characters for you? Uh, I had I had two more um, on my in my bottom tier that were eh, you know whether or not they're truly managers or whatever you want to call them. I had uh, in his in his I believe only one appearance. His utter uselessness was so entertaining that I just had to mention Joseph Park uh, by AJ's side <laughs> when he was going right. through the, uh, the eight, I forget what AJ's rule was that he was coming up with and uh, you know. Eight, uh, Joseph Park uh, was manning the whiteboard and accidentally gave him Sharpies instead of dry erase markers, et cetera, et cetera. He was the man. And, and last, yes. And uh, last, uh, once again, not really managers, but because basically all they did were take bumps, I have uh, the grouping of uh, Tozawa's Ninjas. Tozawa's Ninjas. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, Gary Mahaffey. Chiming in with Eddie Dennis on NXT UK. Now, John, I don't, I don't think you are watching it every week, but yes, Eddie Dennis, very interesting pick because um, he should be good as a manager, but Gary says doesn't do it for me. Um, it's interesting, you know. He he is he's there. Um, he's he's behind the the hunt and. Those guys really don't speak. They they growl, as you said earlier, but like legitimately growls. <laughs> it's like Eddie Dennis is sort of sort of the uh, the spokesman for that group. So yeah, that's a that's a good choice. Um, and I think he might be the only one over there on NXT UK. You didn't talk about Johnny Bravo. Um, I, I have him on my kind of my bottom list, but it wasn't for lack of like fun segments or anything like that because he has been. He has been very, uh, it, I mean, he's been all over Impact this year. So, absolutely, yeah, he very, very entertaining, uh, and yeah, he uh, 
I think uh, the reason why I left him off my list was because I think Taya has wrestled so little since uh, dropping yeah. the, the title to Jordan yeah. Grace that we didn't really see him in that role so much as just a backstage nuisance. But yeah, yeah. He, he definitely uh, he definitely has his moments. It makes me wonder if Taya is going to use him as a manager when we come back. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to evolve into something else or not. But Yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine he's going to go back to that role full time until at least we get this whole thing figured out of you know, who shot him and what the what the story yeah. behind why he shot was. I'm also hearing a little bit of rumblings about uh, Ty Valkyrie's contract status coming up in January. So um, I don't know if that's true. That's a rumor, but until um, I see it confirmed somewhere, so we won't we won't report it as news. But whether Johnny Bravo is you know looking for something else, you know, a new client or whatever. Okay, we're 20 minutes in. Um, we crushed the managers, I think. Um, <laughs> on the commentary side of things, we wanted to just, you know, there's there's fewer choices to pick from here, obviously, but um, who, who do you think is the best commentary team in wrestling? This is so difficult because there is something to every team that I either – slightly dislike or outright loathe okay. i i would say that i would say the team bothers me the least i guess just from familiarity and i never would have said this five or so years ago is probably cole and graves on smackdown yeah, yeah it's i've gotten to the point where i'm i'm numb to, to cole you know i, I don't like him but i just kind of okay fine whatever wow interesting Interesting. Um, uh, not someone who made it onto the list of commentary teams I was even thinking about <laughs> in this category. <laughs> Didn't even nominate them. <laughs> um, I I don't know if it's you know familiarity or whatever, but I do like the AEW team, especially Excalibur. Though you know you, you got. Ross, who, you know, his role is what it is. And you've got Shivani, who he has a very different role than he ever had on commentary before. He just kind of is like, I don't know, the, the uncle at the end of the table, I guess. And then Excalibur calls all the cool moves. I, I, I just think it's a good blend. So I like that team. Um, I don't know if they're the number one, though. I, I, I mean, I watch wrestling from Rave of Honor and New Japan and NXT UK. I really do like Nigel McGuinness and Andy uh, Shepard from NXT UK. I think they do an excellent, excellent job as far as I think they're the top WWE commentary team. Um, is there a number two for you? Uh, yeah, well, AEW would have been number one. They were my number two. They would have been number one. It's just, the, and then this is a totally personal thing. Every single time Shivani talks, I'm yelling at the TV screen. Yeah. He, he could drop in. He could drop in two words, and I'm just screaming, I'm, "Shut up! Just shut up! Don't do an interview." Uh, but yeah, I, Ross is obviously a legend. Uh, Excalibur is very, very good, and I, I also love that whole squad because they have a couple of really good recurring guests. You, you know, yes. Taz will come out there when uh, someone from Team Taz is in the ring, and or even if it's one of his enemies. Uh, Eddie Kingston sits in a lot, and he's pretty fantastic. 
And of course, you have the uh, the frequent visitor, Le Champion, and there is there's nothing I like more than a little bit of Chris Jericho. So right, right, yeah, it'll that, be overall is great. It'll, it'll be interesting as uh, Jericho maybe winds down his wrestling career if he shifts over to commentary. I kind of got, I'm kind of getting the impression that these are practice runs for him. Some sometime, I mean, who knows? Jericho might wrestle till he's 87, but <laughs> if he doesn't, you know, presumably, and sometime around 60 or whatever, maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll join uh, Excalibur. Um. I like Madison Rain and Josh Matthews. Um, emphasis on Madison Rain, I think. Um, I like Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman from Ring of Honor. And I really like the uh, New Japan English announced team of Kevin Kelly, Gino Biambino, and Chris Charlton. So though, in no particular order, you know, I have the AAW team, the NXT UK team, the Ring of Honor team, the Impact team, and the New Japan team kind of they're, they're all kind of meshed together somewhere in there. I, I'm not sure what the what the order is. I, I guess I lean towards the AEW team that's the top, but I, I could be convinced in any case. No, that, that AEW team, like I said, they would be an easy number one pick for me if not for my just absolute hatred of Tony Schiavone. <laughs> <laughs> any other commentary teams of, uh, of note to mention for you? Uh, I had uh, I had Matthews and Madison on there as well, uh, with a special asterisk for when uh, Don Callis sits in with them because that gets that much more entertaining when he's there. Uh, and uh, just you know, just because I don't really pay much attention to the UK or to Japan or uh, Ring of Honor, I just you know I had the NXT uh, the NXT team I had here with once again an asterisk for oh my God, do I miss Moro Ronaldo? Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I like Vic Josephs, though. I do like him. Um, yeah. But I miss Morrow. I, I don't think people can really fill his shoes that well. Okay. We have uh, we have crushed the clock here. We're about 26 minutes. Um, I'm going to do a quick rundown of tonight's lineup. Uh, we're not going to talk about any of the matches. We talked about them. Last night's show at EWP, so you can check that out if you want. But Leon Ruff versus Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunne. And the 2020 Year End Awards, that's what's advertised for NXT tonight. On the Dynamite side of things, it's a Brodie Lee tribute show where all matches have members of the Dark Order. Uh, we have Orange Cassidy, Cody, and Preston Vance going against Team Taz, Brian Cage, Will Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. Um, uh, we have Hangman Page, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver versus MJF, Santana, and Ortiz. Kingston, Butcher, Blade versus Archer, Uno, Grayson. Young Bucks, Colt, Cabana versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. Anna J and Tay Conti versus Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. The one thing I do want to say is I, would, I, I think this Lance Archer, Uno, and Steve, uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson team might have some legs. I think that might be a really fun team to see going forward. As a, as a trio. Absolutely. Yeah, great. Uh, I really have enjoyed Grayson every time he's in the ring. Uno seems to be better every time I see him, and uh, Archer's just a monster. So, yeah, that could, that could you know, if, if Al, uh, they push forward with Al's trios idea, that's a, that's a strong team right there. Sure is. Sure is. Um, we're going to skip over the news segment today. I think, um, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll just tell you, tell you what it is, actually. Um, there's not a lot to talk about anyway. 
Um, no MLW Fusion this week. Episode 15 of CCW's A Live Show dropped on YouTube last night with a six-man tag for the Tag Team Championships. The Colognes are the current Tag Team Champions there, so make sure you check that out. We had on yesterday's show um, Nelio, who is the, the owner of CCW, so you can rewatch last night last week's show last night's show watch their um their youtube show from last night good stuff there from ccw down here in florida wwe filed for several trademarks the most notable was hardy bros so i guess that angle is not going anywhere soon and john DeCani, i want to give you a moment to uh maybe speak on the Miz's new status as mr money in the bank Status stopped. Oh, uh, you know, I, I just, <laughs> I hope he finds a way to fail at his cash in even more uh, dramatically than he did in the latter match. Uh, that's all I could say. Although his 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 celebration was one for the record book. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's your news. I quickly ran through it. Um, no, uh, no intro for that today. But we are going to do trivia. And John, I mentioned at the beginning uh, before we went on the air that there was a tie-in to the today's trivia with last night's EWP. And we're going to see if you can find that tie-in. I'm not going to tell you until we're, until we're done with trivia what it is. But um, if you're ready, you're stretched, you've, uh, you know, all your muscles are ready to go and you've got uh, everything you need, are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Okay, here's our standings. John, with a clean sweep today, um, you still can't win. But you can be in second place. <laughs> so uh, let's see what happens. Al Carl, who didn't even do trivia this week, still has the most points. Uh, but uh, today's trivia, of course, as it always is, is brought to you by the Body Slam Brigade um, newsletter. In fact, usually trivia is brought to you by my new book, but today it's brought to you by the Body Slam Brigade newsletter where you can get a free recap of the news for the week. Um, it's authored by me for you for free. Go sign up at bodyslambrigade.com. Also go buy the new book at the wins and losses. That's That'd be a good thing to do too. Okay, the rules. Five questions. A simple majority gets correct gets you the W. If you win, you get the Goldberg Oscar Award. If you lose, you get a Hawkins all of your questions today are related to house number five. We are 25 years removed from this show. It took place on December 17th, 1995 in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Having said this, what is your confidence level scale, on a scale of one to 10? <laughs> you can go uh, Rock bottom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, if we were using confidence points, on this trivia, you would be ranking this way at the bottom. Okay, so the tagline for this year, for this in your house number five was A, December to remember, B, December to dismember, C, seasons beating, uh, season, seasons meetings, or D, a Christmas gift. It's not, not either of the December blah, 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 blahs. Uh, 
Let's go with Seasons Beatings. This correct, Seasons Beatings. Uh, this was also a trivia question, uh, trivia answer for your trivia last weekend, as a matter of fact. So uh, Shana Baszler was getting <laughs> Seasons Beatings. Okay. You are one. the only reason why I went with that. <laughs> <laughs> you are one for one. Uh, let's see how you how you proceed here. The one, two, three kid and Psycho Sid, I'll call them Kid and Sid, wrestled Marty Jannetty and Razor Ramon in the opening contest. Sid and Kid had a manager for this match, and Vince McMahon introduced him, this manager, as the personification of Scrooge McDuck. Who was this manager? Uh, that would be uh, the Million Dollar Man. Ted DiBiase, that is correct, as the Miz would say. Two for two. The main event of In Your House number five was a family affair for the WWF Championship. Was it Bushwhacker Luke versus Bushwhacker Butch, Owen Hart versus Bret Hart, Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog, or Bret Hart versus Jim the Anvil Neidhart? Uh, was it Neidhart? That wasn't where he fought Owen, so I'm going to go with uh, Bret and Bulldog. Brett and Bulldog is correct. Uh, Bushwhacker Luke and Bushwhacker Butch were not on the show. But Brett and, Brett and Bulldog, they did main event that show. Three for three. Uh, potential best performance of your career on a show where you have uh, Don't jinx. Where you the lowest contest. So uh, the Bulldog-Brett Hart match wasn't the only match featuring the Hart family because Owen Hart had a match early in the, in the night against Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Owen Hart would win the match, but how did he do it? Was it A, Hart got a submission victory with the sharpshooter, B, Hart used the rocket splash for the pinfall victory, C, Jim Cornette hit Diesel with a tennis racket behind the ref's back and Owen pinned Diesel, or D, Diesel pie-faced the referee in frustration, giving Hart the DQ victory. <laughs> Thank you for the uh, multiple choice, because that's that sparked a memory. It, it was the DQ, wasn't it? It, it was the DQ. Diesel pie-faced the referee. Four, four, four. Uh, okay, so here's your last question. I don't think it's a layup, but, you know, maybe it, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Savio Vega and Santa Claus came to the ring air, ringside area to hand out candy and gifts. Your question today is, was this the real Santa Claus? Gonna say no. Savio Vega told Ted DiBiase that he believed in Santa Claus. So DiBiase said, believe this. As Santa hit Savio with his sack, DiBiase and Santa celebrated. But of course, we would find out find out later that it was not the real Santa. It was Santa Claus. And there is your tie-in with last night's show. Nice balls, Mahoney. Oh my God, John DeCani, you get plus. You get this. Perfect. 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 And as a special treat, completely unbeknownst to him, I'm going to bring in Al Carl. Al, did oh. you go perfect on that too? Uh, I appreciate you bringing me in on this. I got my hat on. Yeah, I, I, 
I missed a couple questions. I was I was uh, talking with my wife. I, I had I got a couple of them. Probably okay. would have got that last one wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sorry, Mom, enjoy. <laughs> we'll talk to you in a few minutes. All right, everybody, that is our show. Congratulations to John Takani. When I tally up the score, he is twenty-one for thirty. Uh, you finished the month strong. We are going to reset the scores, so everything will be be great. Um, our show tomorrow returns with Travis. We're going to be talking about the final card for Wrestle Kingdom, and of course tonight's Brody Lee tribute. Uh, we'll recap that, or you know, say what we need to say about that. Um, and also, if you have a chance, go back and listen to the Essential Wrestling podcast from last night. Um, we gave out our year-end awards and discussed Brody Lee. It was a fun show, uh, as it always is. So you know, check it out. It comes out every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Uh, right here where you're watching this show. So definitely don't miss it. John DeConi, any parting words? With a tear in my eye, <laughs> this is the greatest day of my wrestling life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can't say anything more than that. Goodbye, everyone. Happy New